Welcome to the New Age. This your guy Dayton and New Age. We trust how y'all feeling today. It is my favorite day of the week. Hot Take Tuesday. Not Taco Tuesday. Nah. I feel pretty good here at New Age. You know we identify as anything but trust fund babies. Trust fund babies we are not. However, we bring you our perspective on all things money, business, and culture. And like this guy said, stealing my lines, it's Hot Take Tuesday, where we bring you our hot topics and bring our perspective and our opinion on those topics. Let's get it started. I mean, I just think I did it better. Like, don't you think, like... No, I, I really don't <laughs> think so. Okay. Me. I'll go straight into mine. My hot take is not really a hot take. It's more so of... Maybe more so an unpopular opinion versus a popular opinion. I think crypto will not be as decentralized as we think. I think we've we seen it with the Ukraine-Russian tensions. We got the UK, the uh, Ukraine uh, president or prime minister, you know, however they word it over there, calling for crypto exchanges to ban uh, Russian citizens. Um, it's, it. Some have complied Some have pushed back on it uh, We got Elizabeth Warren Drafting up a bill As we speak For crypto to comply With sanctions She specifically said If I can find it She specifically said uh, Strong enforcement of sanctions Compliance in the crypto Currency industry is critical Given that digital assets, which allows entities to bypass the traditional financial system, may increasingly be used as a tool for sanctions. So, Elizabeth Warren is pushing back as she always does. And now, we got Coinbase says it's blocking 25,000 Russia-linked crypto addresses. Okay, now Coinbase is not a decentralized platform. Okay, more so the wallet would be more so than the actual platform of Coinbase. It's more so just a exchange that has decentralized assets. But it is interesting to me that just a year ago. The narrative around cryptocurrency, the narrative around blockchain, the narrative around Web3 was decentralization. And to see centralized parties, whether you agree or, di or disagree with them, pushing down on this decentralized industry, supposedly, it, it, it does cause for concern to me. And I think we're going to see, especially with a more political tensed world i think we're going to see more of these things happen and it's going to be interesting to see again crypto is not fully regulated yet it's going to be interesting to see how these centralized parties continue to make this a centralized asset class a centralized industry really to benefit them yeah i, I agree with that like at the end of the day you know i just on Friday, um, Antonio brought up uh, how powerful crypto is. And my t my response or perspective on that was that 
it's interesting how all of a sudden it's this mega marketing I, I term it marketing but you know this campaign or oh, there's a whole bunch of noise and stuff being created around um, cryptocurrencies and digital assets and I get the sneaky suspicion that it's being triggered by the powers that be in order to usher in this new financial system because the old one you know is um antiquated and it doesn't work for where the for where the world is going so i I agree with your take um or that it'll be more centralized than most people originally thought right not saying it still won't have decentralized elements but more than we like like you just said initially thought What's your, what's your take, Antonio? Let me ask you this. Before you go, I'm going to throw in another question. Do you think this hurts crypto? Uh, do it hurt? No. I don't think it hurts crypto, so to say, because people are still going to buy into it. I mean, follow the money. You see, Biden's supposed to speak this week on regulations with crypto. And then you see, like... And like I uh, brought up last week, people are donating Bitcoin or um, Ukraine. I'm I'm not saying from the standpoint of price action. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying more so from the maybe the ecosystem of it or the what? How can I word this? Maybe more so the not use case for it, but just how it affects society and people in general. No. No, I really don't. Like, at the end of the day, it started as a decentralized thing. And, I mean, they want to regulate it and try to centralize it. That's cool and all. But, I mean, can you fully centralize crypto? I mean, that's the question. Like, can you fully, can you, do you think they can fully centralize it? It's not that, it's not about, f- get, get what, get my question first, okay? So, what I'm basically asking is, this, this, Decentralized asset is becoming more and more centralized, right? This space. So you're meaning, saying the asset class. Meaning the people is losing more power and the centralized people is gaining more power. Just from your opinion, still give your opinion and your perspective. Do you think that hurts the asset class in the industry. No, because I really feel like um, mm-hmm. people still are wary about crypto just because it's not regulated. Like once you get rules and regulations and restrictions on crypto, yeah. then more people be safely feel safe to buy into crypto. I mean, it, uh, being regulated probably help the people that's already in crypto, uh-huh. but it'll probably hurt the people that's not in crypto because they probably you know probably jump in so quote unquote too late so to say. Yeah. But other than that, like I don't think it hurt crypto in the long run. Nah. Got you. I don't think it hurts either. I'm of the same mind of Antonio to a certain degree. I don't think it hurts it because so much, so many trillions will be still poured into this space. And I can't really say if you're making money off of an asset class that it really hurts the asset class. You know, um, mm-hmm. with people, people's hopes and wishes and ideas of it, is that altered? I think that would be, but will it hurt it? Mm. I'm not saying hurt from the standpoint of 
Like trillions can go into something and you still lose power. You still lose freedom, right? I could get paid a hundred thousand. So to ask that question, is that what, what you're really asking. trying to? Well, that ain't what you worded to me or Antonio. Did I not we, just word it that freedom? way the second time? Him losing us losing or people losing freedom. You said power. Power, right? You said power. That's two different things. Okay. Uh. I, I I get y'all your opinions. Y'all can go with y'all hot takes. So we know that that take was mild. <laughs> go ahead, Antonio. All right. All right. So my hot take this Tuesday is how a $1,500 bet turned into an $11 million loss. Calvin Ridley from the Atlanta Falcons got caught in the jam betting on Atlanta Falcons games. Now, he wasn't a part of the team. He was away doing a mental health trip. But he made five bets over a five-day span through an app. And what happened was the NFL had some partnership with some type of organization where this got triggered. And they said, hey, you know, you, you can't do that, my guy. So since he was already away from the team, it wasn't as harsh. But he did get suspended for the year of 2022. So he will not play next season at all. So then uh, Mr. Ridley also tweeted out, Hey, I don't have a I don't have a gambling problem. I only bet it fifteen hundred dollars. Is I'm only away for the year. Don't worry, I'll come back healthy, more stronger. So don't worry, people. I'm good. Calvin Ridley was one of the most sought out, not free agent, but trade assets for this offseason. But once the Atlanta Falcons got wind of this before the Super Bowl, teams were still calling. You know, they were trying to get Calvin Ridley. He said the Falcons said no, we can't do that out of good faith. So I do get the Falcons, you know, credit for that, you know, not really blowing the situation, but keeping teams away from Calvin Ridley. For Mr. Calvin Ridley, I know you was away for a mental health trip. I know it's a, mental health is a strong subject that, you know, people don't try to get into for real. I hope that he can really address these things, and this suspension doesn't push him down the wrong road as further than where he was. But back to the subject that matter, $1,500 bet. Turned to an $11 million loss. The $11 million is his salary for the 2022 season. That's vanquished. At the end of the day, is that bet worth it? So what's the actual take? That's the that's the headline. That's the news. What's the actual take? How in the $1,500 bet can turn into an $11 million loss. Okay. Um, obviously, Cal- Calvin Ridley has been listening to New Age podcast All In Bets. <laughs> he thought he could steal something, <laughs> and he and he got stolen, and that's just what happened. I mean, that's all I gotta say about the All In Bets podcast that we do. I think he started listening to it. He like, ah, I see what Dayton doing here. Uh, I'm not going to do what Antonio doing here. And I think, you know, it was just, you know, a nice, what do you say, 1400 1500 Yeah. I mean, 1500 yeah, A six-leg parlay. I wonder if he hit. I mean, you know, what through his parlay off? Was it Matt Ryan? <laughs> it was the Falcons in general. That's what it was. So I, I think, you know, the rules are the rules. I hate this for Calvin Ridley um, because I agree with his response. The NFL can make money off of, uh, you know, sports betting. So why can't he? You know, like it's so hypocritical when we get into these, uh, you know, these organizations and um, 
how they handicap or restrict, you know, the players from this, you know, um, opportunities outside of the rules that they that don't apply evidently to the ownership. Well, let me just ask a quick question: Is the NFL betting on the games? Like, is owners well, management betting on games? I'm not sure. This is his response. What I do know is that the NFL is making money off of sports gambling. Yeah, but that's two different things. If I so that's what he's saying. His point is the NFL can make money. He's betting on the game. His point is the NFL. What he tweeted: If the NFL can make money, I mean, I'm not going to let the NFL be the only one making money off of um, sports betting. And that's what my comment is to. So I get what you're saying, but it's two different. I'm only saying what he said. Well, I get what he's saying. Right. But the only thing I'm saying is he can't he can't act like that's the same thing. Now I would get if the owners in in man, upper management is betting on the games, but you betting on a game and them partnering with a sports book, those are two different things. That like yeah, that's I don't doing think he, that's a business partnership. What he's doing is just gambling. Like Yeah, I don't think he he um saying it in the sense that you just pointed out. He just his statement, his sole statement was um the NFL gonna make uh, I'm not gonna let the NFL make money off of it and I can't. I mean at a twist of this. Um uh, do you think that's that messes with the integrity of the game? What? You know how you saying like I can make money, y'all make money, I can make money, so why can I bet? I mean, it's the rules. The rules are the rules. That's what I started with. So if you break the rules, it's consequences to it. Does that answer your no, question? No, no, no. He, he's saying, does it break the integrity of the game? Like let's say Pete rules, right? A lot of people don't got. But him. I'm saying from which side? From Calvin Ridley's side, right? Or from the NFL side? NFL side. Oh, okay. I was um. My when I said the rules, I'm thinking this whole time that you was talking about Calvin Ridley. That was my response to. You. So does it mess with the integrity of the game for the NFL to do it? No, like if you uh, how you were saying like if you if it was okay for players to bet or mm-hmm. if he ain't get suspended, mm-hmm. and then players now be like, hmm, I can play best myself. Right. Do you think that would mess with the integrity of the game? Wasn't like a harsh consequence to it. I, I let me answer. I think, I, I think I think it could depending on what bets is placed. So if I'm betting against the Hawks, I mean the Hawks, Falcons. If I'm betting against the Falcons, but I play for the Falcons, obviously that that's just that's foul to me. But if I'm betting for the Falcons to win, then I don't think I don't really think it's. Well, yeah. yeah. From an integral yeah, standpoint, even that because I could cost us the game. Right. I could cost. Yeah. Us the from game. an integral standpoint, um, again, but you going back to the player, so which I, think, I originally thought you. So were I think what would have to. The only thing that I could see that wouldn't mess with the integrity of the game if he didn't bet on Falcons at all. Well, he and definitely just, bet the Falcons to win. Right. Right. He did. <laughs> no, he did. I'm just saying, if he bet like. On Jacksonville, and he don't. You get what I'm saying? Maybe that would, but it's 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 too it's too much of a gray area to even allow it. One more thing, um, with the suspension, 
been a whole year, and then you got you know domestic violence, people beating up people, and getting two games and one game. Do you think that this penalty is harsh, too light, too severe, or just about right? I think that's what a lot of people really up in arms about. I don't really. I mean, if you messing with the integrity of the game, like people can. I do agree with comparing it with. Let me say this. I'm I'm gonna stay away from the whole domestic violence thing. All I'm gonna say is what he Calvin really did. Y'all, they can compare it to Ray Rice suspension, Greg Hardy, whatever they want to do. All I know is what Calvin Wrigley did is messing with the integrity of the game. So it's not like they don't have a right to do it. Whether I agree or disagree with it is they just got they do have the right to do it. No way. LJ, your hot take. Well, my hot take is the hottest of the day. You know, you save the best for last. That's what, you know, most people do. And in this case, New Age decided to do the same. So my hot take comes from you, Dave Torn and Antonio dealt with, I would say, business and finance. I'm going to come from a cultural perspective with my hot take. Hold on, hold on. Binky, um, Antonio's was business and finance? I said between the two of y'all was business and finance. You think Calvin really was what business? Finance, money. I said money. I said I mean business and money. Okay. Um, we deal with money, business, and culture. So business, (laughs) cryptocurrency, money. You stupid. We're trying to throw his little sauce in there. (laughs) Yeah. Look. So I'm. I'm just. You know, it's the hot take. You know, it's the hottest take. Good. 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 All right. So last night in the NBA, the NBA culture is interesting. Russell Westbrook addressed get it right being called and degrade or you know um degraded to Russell Westbrook and how that's impacting him and his family and things like that. I can't wait for this one. His wife responded on Twitter. She says, when I'm being harassed on a daily basis over basketball games and I'm having obscenity and death wishes for me and my family sent my way because you're expressing your truth, it's hard for me to get on board with that. What do you guys feel about what's going on in NBA culture with the fans attacking the players and their families? Hold on. What's the take? Give me the take first. The take is, is Nina or the families, right? This is this isolated to Nina and Westbrook because of what's happening. But the take is really more so about families having to suffer behind, um, you know, receiving death threats and um, being ridiculed behind their loved ones playing a, pro- a professional sport. That you know that they've um, earned the right to play. Okay, go ahead, Antonio. Oh, okay. <clears throat> That's what you get paid for. I mean, you get paid not to hoop, but you you know it, it comes with the territory. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like the family getting death threats and all like stuff like that. Come on here. I don't. I don't. I don't like that. But 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 ain't no damn but. 
Ain't no damn but. You shouldn't even go that far. The players should be the ones that you're talking to. It should never go outside to the family. It's West Brick that's out there messing up the parlays, <laughs> not Nina. So address your, your frustrations towards the players, not the family. I'm going to go with that one. That's my take. Well, obviously I agree with all that. Let me let me spin it to address what Russ Brook said last night. He's sick of being called Westbrook, and he feel like it's shame in his name. West Westbrook or Westbrook? Westbrook. All right, sorry. Um, that I'm gonna use what you just that come with the territory. Like, are we gonna start? Are we going to police everything in America now? Like, if I buy these seats, can I not boo you just as much as I can cheer for you? I, like, I don't, I don't know where is the 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 gray area, the 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 line. Like, I don't think it's. It's not like slurs being, well, maybe he does view it as a slur. I will say that. Maybe he does view it as a slur. So in that case, I get where he's coming from. But I don't. I think the policing of fans has already been heightened in the NBA. I think if we're going to, if we're going to police everything that's said, then... I don't know. It just it kind of becomes dicey for for fans that's already paying overpriced ticket seats in the first place. I don't think what fans is doing is necessarily wrong if they're not crossing a line in a a Westbrook or a Westbrook uh, name can be debated if it's a slur or not. So I don't know. So this has been going on throughout the history of sports. In all sports, you'll find um, fans heckling the players on the court. Um, I think the line comes into play when the families are being attacked and threatened over a game (laughs) that they really don't have anything to do with at all. Um, So I don't, while I don't think that, you know, this is abnormal, you know, um, I do think that fans can be a bit absurd and obnoxious and, and go overboard. Do you think the Westbrook, this is a question of both of y'all, do you think the Westbrook nickname is foul or fair play? I, I think it's fair play. I mean, we've heard people call worse than that um, throughout, <laughs> you know, let's just stick with the NBA. We've heard, you know, names, people call, you know, bees and et cetera. So have you, you know, yelled from from the stands. So West Brick, and, and I even, think that's fair. Even that's a good point. LeBron just called somebody a bitch in the, in the stands. He called in a response. fan and yeah. was talking to a fan. So... I mean, if we gonna police everything, it's just it gets. We can't police everything. It's only a slur if it's true. So Westbrookman shooting bricks <laughs> is true. 
So it's a slur. I see why it's hurting Westbrook's feelings. You know, he can't get out of the shooting, shooting slump. He's shooting bricks. He can hear it. He can hear the rim go boing. <laughs> <laughs> so when you all that fact is in, and you just that's probably shooting up his, messing up his shooting. So yeah, I think how, it's a slur. How about I think you, it's a slur. How about is it foul or fair? Foul. Foul mm-hmm. until I start making my shots. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's fair then. If it's true, it's a slur. That's all I'm going with. Okay. All is fair in love and war. Okay. Um first of all, Westbrook just stopped shooting. Breaking news. The Packers and Aaron Rodgers have agreed on a four year, two hundred million dollar deal. Is that fair or foul play? Two hundred million dollars for four years, Packers. That's fair. Aaron Rodgers deserve every bit of every bit of that. He's been loyal to this organization. He's won him one Super Bowl in his um, time. He's been competitive every year um, for the most part. So I think it's fair. I think pay the pay the man. He's earned it. I'm gonna tell you who's gonna benefit from this Aaron Rodgers Packers deal. My guy, number eight, Lamar Jackson. You're going to be like, you seen what Josh Allen got paid last year? seen what Dak Prescott got paid last year? They ain't got MVPs. I do. You seen what Aaron Rodgers got paid? He got MVP. I got an MVP. I'm younger. I got more gas in the tank. I need that $50 million a year. Great point. Clip it. Send it. One last question. Can they win the Super Bowl in the four years that he signed? It's possible. I think that they got to get better, though, in um, various areas. Yay or nay? Yeah, they can win a Super Bowl, absolutely. No, because the Ravens will. Okay, the Ravens will win four they years, They in the same huh? division? I mean, the same conference? Don't matter. They got to play, they gotta play in the Super Bowl. You said oh, the Super Bowl. right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a good one. Thank you, everybody. This was hot. Take Tuesday. Like, comment, subscribe. This is going on New Age Sound. Please give us a five-star rating. If you don't like the podcast, give us a four-star rating. Follow us on New Age Trust, Instagram and TikTok. Subscribe to us on YouTube at New Age. And New Age, we trust.